Welcome to the Smart Firefighting Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Sofen. This is a mini-series from the Technology Summit International, hosted by the International Association of Fire Chiefs in October 2022. Lots of fire content coming your way. Enjoy. Sitting here alongside Ray Ivey, who is with the Texas A&M, the testing and evaluation lead at Teeks. Ray, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's a great day in Texas. It's a great day in Texas. I haven't had barbecue yet. I almost feel like that's a maybe a crime, but I, I need to need to get that before I leave. How's your time here at the Technology Summit International here, Ben? It's been really good. I actually went over to the police conference here in Dallas, and then I came over to the uh, fire conference, and both have been very good. This was billed to be about 250 people, and as of this morning, I think we had 381. Great. So it's been good. It's been a good focus on technology. When you go to FDIC and FRI and things like that, it's it's almost overwhelming with fire engines and everything else. This is dedicated to technologies. So everyone kind of has the same size booth, but it gave us an opportunity to go around and talk to every single one. I don't know how many uh, how many different technologies are here or companies, but probably 35, 40. And I've talked to every one of them. Mm-hmm. It's been really cool to have all of this this, uh, this collection of individuals from in many different walks of life come together with the sole purpose of technology integration for public safety. And I personally have been very fortunate to work alongside you and Jason Motes. And I feel like I have a little bit of context on Texas A&M and Teeks, but I know Teeks is it's very dynamic. There's a lot of opportunity and a lot of cool stuff going on there. Could you, for, for our listeners that maybe aren't 100% aware and have the full context. Uh, tell us a little bit about Teeks and what is what is Teeks and the work that you're doing with Jason? What, what do you guys have to offer? Well, most people know Teeks for fire training. So about 200,000 people a year go through some type of Teeks training for emergency responders, either at College Station, about half of those at College Station, or Teeks goes out. So well known for training. What some people know is the expertise that we have with that training. Because we have all these skilled professionals have been in the business for a long time, and then we have extraordinary facilities. And it's not just the Teeks facilities. Most people know the Brayton Firefield, and then they know the Disaster City. But beyond that, because of where we're at, and because we're part of Texas A&M, we have access to all these other facilities and all these other staff and and professionals and labs and everything else. So recently, Jason and I have been really working on bringing all that together so we can utilize that and cross-train or cross-test across all the facilities. So you have Brayton, you have Disaster City, now the new campus, which is about 10 miles away from A&M's main campus, is Rellis. And out there, we have, Teeks has facilities for law enforcement and public works and things like that, and we can do testing out there. In addition to that, we're opening Bush Combat Development Center and the improvised uh, proving grounds that the Army is heavily going to use. And we have access to that as well. So we can go out there on this incredible training range and test autonomous vehicles, vehicles, fire engines. We're doing wildland uh, fire trucks and things like that that uh, we plan to train out there and see how they do in, in these different environments 
And uh, it goes through water fording. It goes through different types of environments, uh, grass, mud, gravel, you name it. And then it has different uh, slopes and everything else, just like a tank would almost. But if you think about it, uh, emergency response vehicles have to operate in much the same environment. So we have access to that. We also have access to the Health Science Center, which has an, uh, a hospital-like atmosphere. So we are doing training there. In fact, Jason today is working with the Air Force that is flying in to Easterwood Airport, which is right next to Disaster City, and they're transporting a mannequin and doing a simulation of how you would move a mannequin and do some of the technology things in the aircraft through a triage type thing and a medevac. In February, we're going to use that same type of thing where we have a major event in Disaster City called Disaster Day. We have all of our med students, our nursing students, our veterinarian students, EMTs, and we have a disaster scene in Disaster City. We're going to have live people as well as mannequins. They're going to do rescues there. They're going to do triage there. And then they're going to load them up on Air Force uh, C-130s and fly them to San Antonio like you would do a medevac. So it's a unique situation that we have around Texas A&M and the access to all the facilities, all the professionals, all the scientists and engineers we can test things, we can try things, we can do research. Right now we're doing research. We have, we're part of the Bush uh, School of Government. Jason and I both teach there. So we have a capstone program at Bush School with our students doing recruiting and retention of emergency responders. We know that that's a problem. So we just turned that around and gave it to our students as a problem to solve. And they're doing research right now and that's going to come out with a study and be published and, uh, and hopefully be use, useful for the uh, emergency responder community. So no shortage of stuff going on. A lot of moving pieces, like you said, from the facilities, professionals, engineers, research. And it's so critical to not just take a piece of tech and talk about it in front of a whiteboard and, and, and talk about the features and the, the specs that are great. But it comes down to how it's actually going to be integrated within operations and, and also acknowledging, have the humility to say that, you know, maybe it's not ready yet, or maybe you need to look at an integration with some other tech. And so I think it's, it's so critical and needed. So thank you for everything Teeks is doing. And I want to even just make this more relevant to an entrepreneur, someone that is going through the rings and, and really just trying to figure out how do I, how do I bring this, this widget or this software or something to life? I talked with Jason in the past about Teeks Tested, but how, if, if there's a, an entrepreneur or someone that's trying to get involved and to get into this nexus of all things, what you just talked about with Teeks, what are some ways that people in companies can get involved and how should they approach that? So if you contact us, <clears throat> we're doing more and more and Teeks Tested is kind of like the graduation exercise, but more and more we're doing a lot of developmental assessments. So companies are coming to us now that they don't have a final product. They're trying to find what they should be doing. So they're coming to us and we're assessing the product they have and then giving feedback. We'll bring in professionals and it may be federal, state, local, or our staff. We'll bring in those professionals, take a look at the technology, put it together with mission needs, play with it a little bit, and then give instant feedback on this is good it might be better if you do this. We really think you 
might be on the right path here, but maybe on the wrong path here. And we put it in the hands of these professionals. And then again, we put it in, in the environment that it would be operational in. And we, like others say, we try to break it or we look at it and see how it would operate. Does it operate under high temperatures? Does it operate underground? Does it operate in dusty or muddy or whatever? And that feedback is important to these companies. Sometimes they'll come back two or three times and we'll do that. And then at the end, maybe we'll do a TEKS tested and we give kind of a stamp of this is exactly how this operated in the environment by the professionals and this is the report that goes with it. So it can be a developmental type thing. Mm, yeah, and so important just to have the conversation before you think you have a finished product. It's, it's always good to talk with a, a first responder about how they're actually using it and what they would like to see and asking about what is your problem? What are the challenges you're facing and how can technology be a enabler to help you do whatever task you're trying to do more effectively? Sure. I think it, it helps both, not only them, but it helps on our side too. So the people that we bring in, the professionals that we bring in, they're excited to be involved in this. Everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to move forward and try to save lives, do things smarter, faster, better, and cheaper, right? Mm -hmm. So it's merging those vendors and people with good ideas with maybe scientists, engineers, professionals, bringing it all together and seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah, totally agree. And so we're here at this TSI show. Um, and kudos, shout out to, to IFC and, and all the hard work that went into this. What was something here at the show that that you saw that maybe surprised you or excited you, whether it was a conversation or a technology, anything that, that kind of caught your attention that, that you're thinking about? Oh, there's several. There's a lot of the command and control pieces here that I like. Being from a DOD background and Intel community background, I especially saw one VR command and control system that I like where you can put up different screens. That's one of the problems that, that I always had when I was in command and, and working out of uh, command centers. You have a wall display right now, and it's called a wall of knowledge type thing, but you're still looking at 20 different screens. The way that this company has it set up, it's in a VR environment. You may have five people looking at their specialized VR type uh, situation. It may be back on the DOD side, maybe air defense. It might be anti-submarine warfare, anti-ship uh, strike or whatever. They're specializing. and they're looking at the data coming in there. But at any time I can say, okay, this is the quick look of what I want to see. Think of it like in the new cars where you have air conditioning on both sides of the car, but you can hit a button and it it brings it all together to where everybody has the same thing. I really like the idea that you can work on what you're doing and you can move this around. You can move, make the screens bigger, smaller in this VR atmosphere. So it's not, not static into like a, a knowledge wall. It's these little pieces. And then at any time you can say, I want to, I want to look at this, this, and this and pull it together onto one wall and everybody that's wearing these headsets sees it. I think we're going to see a lot of different things that we can do with that. Yeah, I um, couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it's and you know that tech has kind of gone through a lot of different iterations and, and gone through some NIST programs. So it's exciting to see it be in, uh, put into practice here. And it's it's one of the many things that that we need to continue to do to to help public safety. So I think just to kind of close it out here, I mean, you just gave a good insight there. But 
what would be a, a question or a challenge or even another, if you have a quote or something that they would want to leave us here with of, of to a lot of, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this and fire chiefs and the fire, fire committee at large, any uh, sort of message or kind of question or challenge that you, that you could leave us with here today? The biggest thing I've learned coming from DOD and Intel community, both uh, in uniform and in industry was I didn't realize how much easier we had it. So we're, in defense industry, you're selling to the Army, the Navy, whatever. But now in the emergency responder industry, you have to sell to each individual department. And these departments aren't set up to test things, and they don't have the resources, they don't have the knowledge. So they're depending on the vendors to tell them what works and what doesn't. It's very difficult. And that's why Teeks has started doing the assessments and the Teeks tested and things like that. So we're doing it on one side to help the vendors know what is useful and what could be used in these communities. But on the other side, now we have Department of Homeland Security sending people to us and we have local governments asking us to test things to see, is this the thing that we should be buying? Does it work in the environment? And and I think we we can really help people by doing that, by trying it with the professionals, putting it in their hands, putting it in the environments, and giving a just the facts, ma'am, kind of assessment. We're not endorsing things. We don't certify it. We're a state entity. So we're just telling you, this is what we tested, and this is how it performed. And I think that's going to be a good service for both the vendor side as well as the government community. Thanks for sharing that, Ray. And, and on behalf of everyone, uh, thanks for everything that you, Jason, and the entire Teeks team does. And uh, really excited for ongoing future collaboration. Great. I love being in this situation. I love going to these conferences and seeing technology. So it's fun to play with innovation. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Kevin. Sure is. Thanks, Ray. Till next time. You bet. Thank you so much for listening to the Smart Firefighting Podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard and got any value, please drop us a rating, leave us a comment, or reach out to us on social media. Have a great day, and together we can advance the future of smart firefighting.